right, you football-loving maniac. Time for another interview here on Three Honest Lads. I have Devin Kerr on one side, but again, who on earth cares about that? The person that you do care about, the person that everybody in the USL Championship cares about, Open Cup fans alike, he is part of the two-man band that has now been come to known as Lewis Hilton and Garfinkel. It's Sam Fink from St. Louis FC, the hero against FC Cincinnati in the round of 16, off to the quarterfinals against Atlanta United. Sam Fink, how the hell are you? <laughs> I'm great. Thanks for that great introduction. Appreciate it. <laughs> Devin? Yeah, it's always good to talk to you, Tyler. Sam, how are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I just disregard him. We, we've all learned to. You know, you just got to learn to live with him. Okay. Yeah, I'll do my best. All right, Sam. So obviously, you know, a hard hitting subject right now. We're going to we're going to focus on Open Cup for this first question. So two ends to this. All right. Obviously, you know, you end up being the hero. You get the game winning goal. You get to party with the St. Luligans, by far one of the best support groups and support group names in the USL championship, let alone North American soccer. However, a few minutes before that, you almost gave up what would have been the game winning goal to defend Endo Adi. You went for a diving header. You're sort of just lying prone on your stomach, just hoping that that man was going to bungle it. And he ended up doing so. And then you redeem yourself on the other end. First of all, just thoughts on going from what would have been the lowest of lows to probably one of the highest of highs in your career. Yeah, that's, uh, that's football, isn't it? Uh, that's a great part. And, uh, the end, the sometimes unfortunate part about it. Um, but yeah, I made a, made a mistake and thankfully I had Tomas behind me to, to bail me out to do his job. That's what I think all great goalkeepers do is answer the call and called upon. And that's exactly what he did. Um, and then, you know, thankfully I had a chance to redeem myself, like I said. So it was, uh, it was, uh, worked out in the end. Sam, let me ask you a question, uh, center back on, on my end as well. I want to know specifically in your mind, when that happens, when you go to ground, you head it back. I mean, was your mind clear was it, oh, shit? I mean, get, literally get down to the nitty gritty and just what was the thought process besides the fact that Tomas is there, besides the fact that Adi still has to finish it off? Can you give me specifics in your head? Is this, wow, Anthony is going to beat the living crap out of me? <laughs> uh, no, I think it, it was immediate uh, frustration at the poor decision to, to head back. And yeah, I think a thousand things go through your mind from everything from you could have just lost your team to game to cheering on Tomas to it all kind of goes in slow motion, just like sitting there on the ground waiting to see what happens. Uh, I think the overarching thing in my mind at that moment was you're an idiot. You should have just cleared it. <laughs> but uh, you live and you learn. And thankfully I got to... I got to learn a lesson while not giving up a goal that time. Sam, let's go to the goal. I, I don't want to say that it was it was great movement on your end because let's let's be honest, it was just miserable marking on the side of Cincinnati. <laughs> I mean, you probably could have taken a touch and brought that down, had a cup of coffee, had a chat with Anthony Pulis about what the next round is going to be like, and then finished it <laughs> off. I mean, what's what's going through your mind as as FC Cincinnati just completely ignore you? Probably the most dangerous threat in the attacking area on a set piece and then you're able to score the goal. And then, you know, obviously whenever you guys are attacking that end, the same Luligans end, none of you have any concept of, of celebrating with anybody else other than the fans. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was cool. I think Adi, so Adi went down just a few minutes before that uh, with a hamstring and walked up the field. So they were one man light. Um, and he, he was just the space marker. Anyway, he was on the top of the six. Um, 
So I think Lou saw that and he knew that that's where he had to put the ball. And then, yeah, we were just bunched in a group. And uh, it's funny because in the photos, it looks like Frankie Amaya is marking me, who is obviously a, a little bit shorter than me. But um, it was it was Nick Haglund, their center back, and just kind of got lost in the grouping of everything. And I guess looking at the ball, I don't know, but... Yeah, <laughs> literally just from foot to head, there was no obstruction or anything. So it was, it was, uh, it was not the hardest goal I've ever scored. I don't think. Tim, don't sell yourself short, and don't let Tyler give you any crap either. You still got to finish. Be like, look, man, push came to shove. Extra time, I stepped up and I got it done. You're good to go. So don't, don't, no, no uh, apologies for Tyler. Um, let, let's put the two together. Let's put the two together. Um, the balance and how difficult it is between league play and open cup play. You guys have had some interesting runs with open cup. It's the Cincy win and dramatics. It's getting out in front and maintaining it against the Chicago fire. It's the penalties early on as Tyler and I have collectively come to know them as Des Moines, long live Des Moines. And, <laughs> and then, and then the forward Madison win, but you also have to incorporate in league play and rotation of rosters injuries. I mean, it's a difficult stretch. Can you just kind of walk us through in the fans of what that's like on your end with so so many games, so little time, and just kind of trying to handle it all at once? Yeah, it's, I'd say that's the most difficult part for a lower team or a lower league team playing in a cup like that and moving on is is, is the balancing act between your priorities, really, because Open Cup is awesome and it has provided some of the highest highs over the years for uh, St. Louis FC, but also you, you look at it and you want to be um, – you want to be in a spot to host a playoff game or to make the playoffs at the end of the year. And I think that is something that we're going through right now. And like, like you said, injuries play a huge part considering we have a small squad already. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. Our last stretch was five games in 14 days, two of those being MLS teams and two of those being away. So um, yeah, it's, it's tough to play a game, uh, move on, especially when the game ends as dramatically as, Cincinnati and then you have to move on to a league game in a couple of days against Carolina who is not too shabby themselves um, it's something that we're working through right now obviously we've uh, dropped some a few games in the league now on, on the balance that we shouldn't have um, and I think you know I think the overarching message for us in the locker room and from Anthony is just that it's a lesson that you in football, you can't let your highs get too high and your lows get too low because it's just emotionally draining and you don't become the, the greatest team in the world overnight, but you also don't become the worst team overnight. So beating Cincinnati doesn't make us, you know, more than we are, but then also, you know, dropping points to teams at the bottom of the table doesn't make us uh, as bad as, as bad as it seems. So I think we're still trying to find that balance of, of, um, just one game at a time, going one and zero each time, uh, and it's, it's it's a tough one to do. And Sam, you sort of let us let us down the path of that, and almost answered the next question that I had for you. But you know, that's something that you know I always try to relate to fans, and and, and always find extremely difficult. Um, you know, for you guys is if you're going to have this tournament that is so incredibly emotional, and you're and you're in the latter stages, but right now in league play, you're in the dog days of the summer. You know, there's still about halfway of the season to go, and not to say it's monotonous and that obviously league games don't matter, but it's very different to go from around a 16 match in the U S open cup against an MLS team to go to a game on the road at an empty children's mercy park against Swope park Rangers psychologically. Mm -hmm. And just sort of emotionally, you know, 
obviously you guys have struggled a little bit in terms of finding that balance. And I, and I like what Anthony said is that you're never, you're not going to be, you know, the greatest team or the worst team overnight. Um, but for you, you know, and maybe being one of the leaders on this team, sort of how do you, you know, maybe bring in some of the younger guys, less experienced guys, and sort of try to find that balance emotionally of going from around a 16 match against an MLS side and then going up against the side like Swope Park Rangers in an empty stadium. Yeah, I think uh, it's a great question and something that is really hard to manage as as a leader and something that I'm still trying to, to learn about. Um, I think, you know, it, when it's the uh, 80th, 90th minute against uh, an MLS side, there's there's no need to pull the guys in and to get them motivated and to get them aggressive and going into tackles because that's what everybody dreams of is playing in MLS. Um, I think the most difficult part is when you're in a league game, like you said, in an empty stadium with 50 people watching you uh, against you know a mix of pros and academy kids how do you then get people to push past the fatigue because the fatigue is a real a real thing it's it's a real factor that people feel but it's definitely you can you can push past it if you have the right mentality and the right mindset and i think um i think it, it starts earlier in the week i don't think it it comes you know when people are feeling it if you haven't spoken to them already or if you haven't uplifted them i think it's too late i think you have to get everybody on the same page and in the right, right frame of mind before they feel the fatigue. Because once you start feeling really tired, I think you just human nature is to go back into instinct and instinct is to shut it down and to not, you maybe not make that extra space for, to receive the ball from your teammate or maybe not recover as fast as you would. Um, so I think just having a, a, group that lives and breathes and has the same heartbeat um, when it comes to topics like that is important and the results aren't showing it but we have that we have guys that are willing to do that work Um, and you know despite the poor results lately I think we're learning valuable lessons that when we do get back on track they will serve us well. Tim, let's track back to you as an individual for a second and, and get out in front of kind of where this all started. You get an opportunity to go play for Jay Vitovich at, at Wake Forest, the legendary coach. And um, then you make your way out and, and you end up with St. Louis and you spend two years there, then follow Jimmy Nielsen over to OKC Energy FC and then back to St. Louis. Can you just kind of describe the process to everybody of leaving St. Louis to begin with the opportunity under Jimmy and then and then to come back and, and play for Anthony? Yeah. Uh, my first two years in, in St. Louis were great because it was where I started. It was home. Uh, it was something that I never even dreamed of because we never had a professional team. And then to be honest and, and frank with everyone, you know, a new coach came in to St. Louis and said, I don't think you're good enough and you're just not for me. Uh, that happens in football all over the world. So that's fair enough. Um, I got the chance to move on and play for Jimmy and, uh, for anyone that doesn't know Jimmy, he's one of the greatest motivators that I've ever been around. He just makes you, uh, you never feel worthless. You always feel like you have a role in the, in the side and you always are going out there and playing your best because he just gives you a ton of confidence. Um, and that's something that I probably struggled with um, in the early part of my career and even at Wake Forest, I think. At Wake Forest, especially, I was a small fish in a huge pond. (laughs) I was, um, that was my absolute dream going to Wake Forest and and playing there. And I had to work really hard just to even get a jersey, let alone play. 
Um, and so that comes at a price. I think that that came at, you know, not being a national team player when all my teammates were and my roommate was, that was a tough thing to work through. Um, but Jimmy helped me with that. And I came away from Oklahoma city confident in who I am as a football player. And, you know, really, um, I would say knowing what my strengths are and doing those often, and then just accepting my weaknesses. And obviously you work on your weaknesses, but not dwelling on them, just calling them for what they are and, and pushing for and moving forward. And then I had planned to stay in Oklahoma city and it was kind of a, a roller coaster of an off season because Jimmy decided that he was going to step down and, and move on. And so then I had a decision to make if I was going to stay in Oklahoma city or if I was going to come back fast forward and Anthony calls, um, and kind of shared his vision with me, um, about what he wanted to build in St. Louis and knowing that I hadn't, hadn't really done anything my first two years, as far as taking the team to the playoffs or any kind of success, uh, that kind of was always a, a void that I eventually wanted to come back and fill. And felt like all the things that Anthony was, say, was saying to me as far as culture he wanted to build and the type of people he wanted to bring in and the, the team that he wanted to have on the field was exactly what I was what I was looking for. And I just felt like it was the, the perfect time to, to come back and build something special that I couldn't do the first time around. And, you know, that's we've started to do that for sure. We've taken um, some, some awesome steps for St. Louis FC and its history, but I think there's so much more that we want to accomplish. And uh, I think I, I believe that we will do that. Sam, one follow up in that area. Um, it's a bit easy right now for us to play Monday morning quarterback, but let's just play devil's advocate. If Jimmy doesn't leave, do you think you stay in OKC? Oh, God. I, there was um, there was an offer on the table. And I think that I probably would have taken it before I even knew who Anthony was. All right. Fair enough. Let me ask you this question. So first of all, we do know Jimmy. We know him well. We have weekly phone call conversations with him, especially as of late. We've had Hartford a number of times. We also know Anthony well. We've had a number of conversations with him. And they're two very different people. I think that Mm -hmm. all three of us can agree on that. What's the biggest difference, you would say, between the white puma that is Jimmy Nielsen? And (laughs) is there a nickname for Anthony Pulis with regards to any sort of animal that we're not aware of? (laughs) Well, as far as the nickname, not that I'm aware of. Um, so I, just Anthony for me. Um, <laughs> I think um, I think I think the huge, the biggest difference is um, just what they place their emphasis on during the week. I think, uh, like I said, Jimmy is a huge motivator, huge man manager. Um, focuses on that side of the game a lot which is which is obviously great and then just gets his teams to buy in to what he's what he's preaching and then go out there and you know play your games um i think anthony is a one of the 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 best tacticians that i've been around he's got a an amazing soccer mind and he's somebody that you go to work and you you literally learn every single day from him uh and i think he's a very good teacher and he is Probably my favorite part about Anthony is he just has a growth mindset. And so he, he just knows that, you know, he, he, he knows that he, he doesn't have it all right. Um, but he wants to, to learn and keep questioning himself and asking how he can be better. And then things that he feels like he can do better, he changes and he does do better. So I think, I think to answer your question, I think uh, tactics versus man, man motivating is probably the two biggest difference between the two. 
So when you say that Anthony Pulis knows that he doesn't have it right, you're basically saying that Jimmy knows that he has it right, which of course makes perfect sense. <laughs> Jimmy. Oh yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy's <laughs> got it all. He knows it all. No. <laughs> do you keep in contact, do you keep in contact with him throughout the season? Um, we, we kept in, we kept in contact in the off season, uh, quite a bit. I think, uh, the cool thing about my relationship with Jimmy, with Jimmy is that I am uh, grateful to him in so many other areas besides just soccer. Um, I had an injury at the beginning of OKC and I was out for supposed to be two weeks, ended up being 16 weeks. Um, didn't, didn't really know what was going on with my foot. And that was new to me and something that I had never experienced. And so I had to walk through a new season of life, a difficult one for Anybody that's played knows that injuries are the toughest thing to deal with. Uh, so, yeah, he's just a, a really cool person. And, you know, he's a, he's a coach now, obviously. But I think at the end of my playing days, that I'll, I'll probably call him a friend. Tim, let's go back to the two coaches and the, and the differences and more specifically the styles you can look at St. Louis and people from an outside point of view may sit and go, I don't want to watch him defend. I don't want to watch the block. I don't want to watch the boring movements side to side, not my words, other people's. And Mm -hmm. they could say, maybe it's not fun to watch, but maybe they're too reliant on set pieces and they're more interested in a, an Indy 11 or a Red Bull or Phoenix or something like that. To all the naysayers, what do you say to them? I would say that Anthony's methods uh, are proven and they're effective. So I think over here, if we're being honest and frank, we don't uh, we don't really care what people think of the way we play. If it's attractive, if it's not attractive, we care about winning. Um, so once you know, at the at the beginning of the year, we were on that track and we were in a really good place. Obviously, since Open Cup has come into play, we've we've slipped a little bit, but we'll get right back into who we are. And our identity is that we're good at the basics. We're good at being organized. We're good at being connected to to one another and, and we're tough to break down. And so you're going to probably send a few more numbers forward and we're going to catch you on the break. Um, that's who we are and, and we're proud of it. And if it gets three points, that's all we care about. Tim, you spoke to Tyler before about um, the open cup play where, you know, fortunately it didn't play out, but going to ground, knocking the ball back and, and Adi doesn't finish Gomez is there. And then you score right after and two very, very different emotional experiences. The mm-hmm. high one we've already discussed. How about maybe on the lower side and, and back to reality where a humbling experience, maybe a big regret. Mm-hmm. Is there something you look back on in your career and just kind of go, man, I got that wrong or, or something you wish you would have done differently? Um, I think you know, I think uh, early on in my career, I would harp on all the mistakes I made and, and all the ways that I could be a better footballer or I could do this or I could do that. And I think, you know, something that I've I've learned over over the years is just that everything is a is a lesson. All all of it is uh, a way to learn and a way to get better. So all the good and all the bad is it's not, I, I wouldn't even call it good and bad. I would just call it, it is what it is, you know, and to just look at a game like Cincinnati where in the latter stages of the game, I choose to head one back. That's in between, you know, next time that that moment happens, I guarantee you, I'm going to clear it out of the stadium because there's just no need to take that risk. So I think rather than dwelling on the mistakes I've made or, or, um, you know, really even paying too much attention to them at all, I think just calling it for what it is, here's what I did well, here's what I didn't do well, and here's how I'm going to be better the next time is kind of my mindset now. And I think that that serves me much better than my mindset previously. 
All right, Sam, we got to know just so we can either be best friends with you or give you shit. Who's your team over in the Prem? Uh, ooh. So it's a tough one because everybody. It's not a tough one. It's not a tough it's one. It's a tough I one because you. everybody, everybody <laughs> says they have a team, uh, but very few pay that much attention. So I decided Try that me. I'm going to, I'm going to put my allegiance, uh, and I, and a fellow friend of mine, teammate, Lewis Hilton, uh, I decided that I was going to be a hammer with him. I'm a West Ham guy. Wow. Wow. I was not yep. expecting that. <laughs> so you like to just be perpetually mediocre. That's basically what you're saying. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. It's fun to just yell, come on, the hammers in the locker room. So I think that's probably why I chose them. <laughs> Lewis Hilton would like West Ham. That's, that, I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> well, I'll right, tell you so what, though. Of- with, but Tyler, real quick, with that, I respect what Sam said because, like, how many people do you and I see that, like, They'll sit down and they'll go, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a City fan. I'm a United fan. It's like you start talking about it, they have no clue. They like the jerseys yeah. or they like the fact that they're at the top of the yeah. table. They have no idea what's going on in the club, whereas you and I have a cult-like status and are aficionados for Liverpool, and it's just kind of we sit back and rip it apart. Not that you have to be nerds like us, but if he's going to stick with West Ham, I respect that move. No, no, 100%. 100%. 100%. I mean, it's better than him just saying like, oh, I don't really watch it all that much. I'm just going to be, I'm going to be a United fan. I'm going to be a Chelsea fan, whatever that might be. But no, definitely. I've found, found if I just call myself a hammer, then I can sit back and enjoy any football I want. And I don't have to make an excuse about why I'm watching it. It's like, I'm a hammer, but you know, Liverpool and City are playing right now. So I'm watching that. Love that. You say you're hammered right now? Sam, it's about like nine. No, 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 no. No, I'm a hammer. Sorry. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got it. I'm a I West Ham guy, it. but yeah, those teams are playing. So just just wanted to clear the air on that. Okay, so <laughs> speaking of Lewis Hilton, I'm, I'm I'm curious. Do you have a specific road roommate? You know, like you know, every single time you guys are paired up, and do you have a like specific show that you watch before you go to bed? Whether it be Gossip Girl, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, something of the like. <laughs> my my road roommate is Kyle Gregg. Uh, we are oh, we're the dads of the team, and so we. Uh, we get a little space, a little free time, and, and we like to enjoy ourselves. We, I, honestly, I don't have TV in my house. I just have Apple TV and all the ESPN apps and all that stuff. So Kyle and I just like to hop on a movie on FX when we get to the hotel and just kind of chill out and, and watch that. It's, it's funny because they pretty much have the same schedule. So we could, like, I don't know, we could be away at, at Nashville and, and watch half a movie and then go away the next weekend and, like, catch the other half because they usually play the same movies. So it works for us. What's the last movie that you guys watched? The last movie we watched, um, the last one I can remember is I Love You, Man. Great movie. With with uh, movie. Paul Rudd, yeah. <laughs> that movie is amazing. So we, that's not, we the, that's not the first time that you've seen that, though. No, no, no. no that's so you put that one on repeat, to be fair. Seriously, no, 100%. Yeah, honestly, I've seen I, that at least 17 times. <laughs> I can watch that every, <laughs> every week. It's so funny. Jim, what about when, when you guys, whether it's, you know, Tyler was giving you a hard time a second ago about being hammered at 1030. Uh, welcome to my world. <laughs> and that's okay because you had a game last night. It's an anti-inflammatory. So let's go that way. You celebrate, <laughs> you, you beat FC Cincinnati, go up, great header. You get the one nothing win. You step off the field. Or maybe just a day where, like today, day off, relaxing, you hang out with the family. We sit down at night. Is it, are you having a beer? Are you a, are you a Pilsner type of guy? Is it, is it bourbon? Is it maybe more of a nice, you know, nice Syrah, glass of red wine? What is, what does Sam sit down and have to relax? Yeah, to, to be honest with you guys, um, I don't I don't drink. I never have. Um, yeah, I respect yeah. that. Thanks. 
Okay, so is the um, vice gummy candy or chocolate? <laughs> I like uh I enjoy a nice glass of chocolate milk. Oh. Ooh. My fridge is always stocked and when I wanna relax I you who? have a glass of that. Um Prairie Farms, have you ever heard of it? I think it might uh, yeah, be come on man. Yeah, okay, oh, yeah. good. Oh that's that's my favorite. Now Lovely. being from Nebraska, whole milk kind of guy, I get that. I will say this. Because it is down the chocolate one. And Publix is a Florida thing. It's a grocery store. It's Southeast United States. It's very much a Florida thing. But they have the most it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's what? It's a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 that's what we got to do. We got to get them a public sub tie, right? Oh, yeah. This so Sam, life-changing, be, Sam. I'll, Sam, I'm going to be the sideline reporter for your game against Atlanta United at Kennesaw. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll, put a, I'll put a public sub on dry ice for you. And right before the game, you know, we'll do a little on-camera hit. You having a bite of your first ever chicken tender sub from Publix. How does that sound? <laughs> Sounds magical. All uh, right. Love it. Chicken tender sub. I need one right now. <laughs> Ten thirty. Why don't you why don't you have your morning coffee, go for a run, and then you can have that. Okay. No? Nothing? Okay. Listen, <laughs> not everybody not everybody can be Sam Fink, you know, and, and almost give away a game winning goal and then go on the other end and score a game winner, you know, and have that sort of engine late on. But you know, but listen, <laughs> no nobody's perfect except for Jimmy Nielsen. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Sam, we thank you a million times over. You've been the man. We always appreciate it when you're able to come on and talk to us, whether it be for a game or obviously for the pod. We wish you the best of luck in league play. Hopefully you guys can write the ship, but um, obviously give Atlanta United hell. MLS Cup reigning champion too. You guys are going to do unbelievably well. I will see you out in Kennesaw. Best of luck and thank you again. Hey, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on, guys. I had a great time. Thanks, Sam. Good luck, buddy. All right. Talk soon.